This is Awakened Path Radio, giving you the tools to guide you on your spiritual or metaphysical journey. I'm your host, Dr. Candace Nadine Green. Welcome to Inspirational Monday here at Awakened Path Radio. As always, you can keep up to date on everything Awakened Path by visiting our website at www.awakenedpathonline.com. Again, that's www.awakenedpathonline.com. Now, on to today's show. Today, we have with us again Avalon Bailey, who is the founder of the Emotional Relief Catalyst Energy Healing Modality. With her no-touch technique, benefits are immediate and continue with time. Clients have been relieved of childhood traumas, hurtful relationships, abusive experiences, and toxic emotions. Her clients have experienced freedom from headaches, chronic back pain, unhealthy behaviors, toxic relationships, thought patterns, beliefs, and more. It is said that 90% of suffering is from stored emotions. Welcome back to Awakened Path Radio, Avalon. I'm so happy to be back. Thank you, Candice. Thank you. Now, now, um, I don't think many of our listeners know that you were were once a nurse. So could you um, tell us how your nursing career sort of led to and contributed to the healing that you do today for others? I'd be happy to. I knew from a very young age that I would be a nurse. There was nothing else I ever considered, and it was such a yearning. And so following the traditional path of healing was rewarding. And you got to help people mostly on a physical level. Hmm. So as I went through the 25 years of nursing, which I loved, I embodied being a nurse, Uh, I began to realize that there was more than just the physical. And that really struck home one day. I was working in a hospital on a respiratory unit floor. And so the patients there would be elderly, most of the time very thin because of their illness. They would have asthma, COPD, bronchitis. And I was in a room with an elderly lady who in, in those days as well, when people were admitted, they'd be there for weeks. So I was in a room doing some tasks with an elderly woman. And um, when I was finished, I thought, let me just take a moment and hold her hand. And so I did, and and we talked a little bit. They have difficulty talking, so conversation's really not a major focal point. And I just held her hand for a few moments. And when I put her hand down and said I needed to go to the next patient, she really just pleaded with me to stay with her and to not let go of her hand. Mm. And it was heartbreaking for me to have to leave her bedside. Mm. And I realized I had taken care of her physical needs, but not her emotional needs. Mm -hmm. So now that's what I do as an emotional relief catalyst. To see someone free of the effects of pain or suffering, Mm. just by being present for them and helping them to release the emotional baggage, the emotional traumas, the emotional hurts is 
equally as rewarding as nursing was for me. So really to segue from nursing to energy healing was natural and almost seamless. And that's interesting. Uh, you know, we, we think sometimes that when we, when people are in a hospital and, and we're really helping them heal, we're, with, we think that we're helping them because the physical body may be tended to, but we often forget about the emotional, in fact, we do forget about the emotional needs of people in the hospital. Years ago, my mother used to work in a um, nursing home, and as a kid, I would visit there, and I thought it was a scary place because it seemed like even though people were being helped, that they were always in a state of despair, and it wasn't until I got older that I realized there's some emotional issues going on there that need to be addressed. I mean, just sitting there and talking to them is just enough sometimes. Yes, uh, it's funny you mention that because I spent many years of my career in the long-term setting. I have a lot of exposure to the older population. What you're saying is unfortunately true, but I will say that uh, in in the teaching that I would do in that setting, the emotional needs of, of the people staying there was highly and strongly emphasized that, and I'll give you examples. This was so near and dear to my heart um, that I tried to pass this on uh, as a nurse to those who, who uh, worked it with that population. And an example is this. I would tell the nurse aides, for example, when they walk down the hallway and there's a resident or what well, we call them residents, we don't call them patients in long-term care. Mm-hmm. When you see a resident sitting in a wheelchair in the hall or, or somewhere, when you walk by them, look at them and say hello. Whether they can respond or not, whether they hear you or not, you want to acknowledge their presence. And then if it is a resident that could actually respond, hear, or see, then pick something out about them that you can say something positive about and make it sincere, like, wow, your hair looks really nice today, or that color is very good for you, or or it's just nice to see you. Mm. And so that, you know, that's not going to fulfill them completely, but it is acknowledging them as a human, and it is at least giving them a momentary acknowledgement of their emotional needs. So yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah, we, we are emotional beings. And like what you said, just acknowledging a person saying, hello, your dress looks nice, stuff like that. It does wonders for a person's emotional um, stability, actually. I remember when I used to, when I was in college and I had a customer service job, I worked at a supermarket and at the library, I was always saying hello to people. It was just part of me. Yeah, I see someone in my line at, at checkout, I talk to them, how you doing and stuff like that. And, and people would tell me, you know, they really appreciate it. Just a hello, just a good morning, just a smile. It did, it did stuff to, to boost their, their energy. And it, it's amazing how it, it works like that. It does. And you, you said something else that I really tune into. And I used to be a cashier prior to my nursing. Mm-hmm. So I understand mm-hmm. what it's like to work with the public mm-hmm. uh, in that capacity. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, nowadays, and this is not to point out any particular segment of society, but when I go to a store and the cashier or a hotel and the concierge, 
they're pretty good in hotels, but right. a cashier, when they don't say hello, they don't have eye con- mm-hmm. contact, they don't acknowledge you. I really feel like, did you not see me? Exactly. And that's, I think, one of the human needs that we have and that I emphasize to the nursing staff is acknowledge the presence of a person. And it doesn't have to be this huge thing. It can be like what you were saying, just eye contact and hello. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, does, it does such wonders. It does wonders. Now, what drew, what drew you to just the whole idea of, of helping people? Why did you want to help people before you became a nurse, et cetera? You know, I was just very sensitive as a child. Um, and, and, you know, as I mentioned before, I could see the energy fields. Um, I was using my inner vision. And I just became a quiet observer. And I began to notice I would watch people interact. And let's say there was a little disagreement. I could see how a, how a person was feeling when they weren't being acknowledged, respected, or listened to. And I began to feel that. Mm. And so it just made me very, very sensitive to we have our physical presentation. We have our, our facial expression that we try to control most of the time. Some people might call it a mask. I'm not trying to make it artificial, but we have what we present to the world, but there's so much more beyond the surface of that. And that's what I started to see and feel and tune into as a child. And so it's almost an automatic thing for me that when people talk to me, I, I automatically tune into what it, what's the rest of the story here. And it just helps me to uh, be the best I can with whatever I'm uh, sensing. Mm-hmm whether it's social or, um, you know, in my work, because people have needs that they don't even recognize. That's so true. People have needs that they aren't even able to express or articulate. Mm -hmm. And so if I can tune into that and in some small way or some larger way um, assist with that, I'm joyful and fulfilled in doing so. And isn't it... um I don't know, maybe interesting is the, probably the wrong word, but going back to the example of being in a supermarket, now that I'm on the other side, because you know, I'm much older than <laughs> it was when I was in college, um, being on the other side of the counter, it's very, some, some people will not look at you. Some people, and it's because we've got that, we've gotten this way in society where we're, we're, we're coexisting together, but separately. You know, we're all in our little bubbles where we don't want to interact. We don't want to say hello. And that and is so true. Yeah. And it, it's ahead. causing a lot of suffering. And whether or not we realize the suffering that it's causing, I mean, look at the people who suffer from depression and loneliness and, you know, people who commit suicide. And, and those things really wouldn't happen if we were alone, if we were, you know, not so alone. But our loneliness and our living in this this little bubble is actually hurting us and killing us, whether or not we realize that. But yeah, because you know we can die on the inside. We can be physically alive. We feed right. our physical body, right? And we we nourish it. We sleep. But what about? the emotional body? What about the other aspects of us? Mm-hmm. Sometimes that can be starving and it's kind of like what you're describing. The physical is surviving, but what about the emotional, the psychological? Mm-hmm. And so uh, um, with children, especially now, 
They are so attached to their devices, they're missing the foundation of human interaction. And so what you described that's happening at a later stage in life is actually occurring now at much, a much younger stage mm-hmm. where, where kids don't even know how to converse. Mm-hmm. They don't even know what it's like to truly interact or connect with a person, mm-hmm. not a device. And so I don't think this is helpful um, to them. And as far as people not having eye contact, there are so many possibilities there. Mm-hmm. It's almost hard to, to point out a few, but you know, sometimes they may feel like they're not even worthy mm-hmm. of having eye contact with someone. They're not going to like me. I don't have, you know, I'm not worthy of even being recognized mm-hmm. or saying hello to. It could be that they don't want you to see their suffering. Right. Right. So, not having eye contact can stem from many different um, issues or self-image. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and I and I see that regularly. You know, when I when I drop my kids off, when I take them into school, and I'm always saying good morning, hello to everyone. And then there are some people that I could say hello to them every single day, and in fact, I do on some occasions. And they won't say anything. They won't even acknowledge me. There's a one parent who I've practically like waved my hand and said, hi, how you doing? Good morning. And nothing, not acknowledge me, pretending I don't exist, just walking straight ahead. And I, I know I said it loud and clear, but, um, and, and I have to remember, don't take it personally. It's not me. It's, it's you know, we, we have to take uh, responsibility on, the, on, a, on a larger scale of this because it is something that, We've, we in society have created. And when we, you talked about children, I mean, look at, we're just raising them to do the same thing, to, to be iso- emotionally isolated, which is very sad, very dangerous. And it, it shows the fear that we have of, of sitting with ourselves and getting to know ourselves through interacting with others, which is very dangerous. Yeah, I, I mean, you touch on so many things here, and they're all so important. I, I almost would, I want to go back and, and talk about um, a person not responding to you first. Mm. I mean, you are correct. That is not a reflection of you. But they, um, sometimes when a person doesn't say hello back, or they don't make that eye contact, contact at um, a store or whatever, my initial reaction is, hey, you know, you should be uh, customer service oriented. But then with all the work I've done, I realized, first of all, number one, I haven't walked in their shoes. Mm. I have no idea what their life is like. And there's a reason why their behavior is what it is, just like there's a reason for my behavior. And honestly, one day when I was truly honest with myself, this is a while ago, Mm. I thought, why do I need someone else to acknowledge me? Right. Mm. Why do I need for them to be a certain way? What is it within me that is requiring that? And that was a hard mirror to look into. Mm-hmm. And so I, I try to shift and put myself in the state of approach that I'm going to go through this person's line in the grocery store and I'm going to be who I am regardless of how they are. So if they're a, if they're a person who doesn't say hello or just seems to be aloof, mm. I will still be the person who says, like you, good morning, how are you? Mm. Have a nice day. Right. And not have an attitude about it. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> I cannot require them to be the way I want them right. to be. Right. Right. So it's sort make of a, a wake-up call. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Why am I offended? That was really the question. Right. And, and so, like I said, you don't know their home situation. But I also want to say one more thing about something you said right at the end, and that was mm-hmm. to sit with yourself. And this is an oh my gosh thing for me because what I have found is that people who cannot be without some sort of stimulation, be it TV, radio, music, computer, you know, whatever it is, talk, 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 people who cannot be without stimulation, distraction, diversion, Mm. um, there are times it's because they don't want to hear that which resides within. Right. And so these are the people I love to work with because if you can reach a state of being with yourself and being comfortable, that is such a source of joy Mm. and peace and calm. And that is the source of the truth of who you are. And so one of the most beautiful things I love about the work I do is to help people begin the journey within. Mm. And it, it might start with all these. This is like I may have mentioned before, layers and layers of clothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it may start with having to start peeling off the outer layers of clothing. Mm-hmm. And this clothing is really the emotional layers of the energetic layers of all this stuff you've accumulated through your life mm-hmm. that don't belong to you. They don't fit you. It's not your style. It belongs to someone else. Mm-hmm. And so to help someone go from not having inner peace to beginning the path of inner peace, truth, and wisdom. Mm-hmm. That's magnificent. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we have to get over that fear. And that's, and we, we have a lot, of, even though we don't want to admit it, we, we are all afraid of, of being, of, 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 of other people seeing who and what we are. And and also that finding out that we may we have things that need to be fixed or that we need to work on, those can help hinder us as well. Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm amazed at what you bring up because it's so insightful. So fear that's huge. There was a book, and I recommend it. I don't remember exactly what was in it, but it was um, the title was "When Fear Falls Away." And this was a long time ago when I read that title, I couldn't even touch the book mm. because fear was such a part of my life right. that I didn't even want to say, read, or touch the word fear. <laughs> and I thought that's impossible anyway. How can fear fall away? How can you live without fear? It just wasn't a reality for me. Mm. And it was years later as I followed my own path that I realized fear does fall away. Yes, And of course, we all know it's not real and all that, mm-hmm. but, but if it's real to you, it's real to you. That's right. And so um, to start peeling away, it can be the layers of fear, the layers of judgment, the layer of, of doubt, confusion, whatever they are, mm-hmm. as these layers begin to softly and gently and painlessly peel away. We can begin to get to the core of you, who you are. And now what mm-hmm. I have found is that sometimes there's a fear that what if I go within and find out I'm not loved or I'm not lovable? 
Oh, that, that, I think, is our greatest fear, oh. that we really are not lovable and we're not loved. Mm. If we go within and find out that our source of all that is doesn't love us, well, that's devastating. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, we may not have been loved by a parent or parents. We may not have been loved by siblings. We may not have been loved by our significant other. Mm. And that, that makes us wonder, well, am I loved at all? Is there anything or anyone that really does love me? And so to really find out the core of who you are is scary because what if it's not love? But I'm here to tell you it is love. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to tell you that to peel off all those layers that don't belong to you, they belong to others, and find that what waits for you within is a source of love that will always nourish mm -hmm. you. And always love you regardless of who you are, regardless of the mistakes that you've made. The love is always there. And our job is to do the best we can in this life, with this personality, with this body, with this set of rules that we live within. We're here to do the best that we can. Mm. But know that regardless of what we do or what we don't do, the love from that which created us is always there mm -hmm. and without judgment. Mm -hmm. And once we are aware of that and we see that love and feel that love, we can then project it onto others around us. And they in turn will also spread that love to someone else. And it could be an infinite love fest and um, it can heal so many, but, but we have to first make that step to go within so we can it realize. always starts with the self that's right. right it always starts with you right you want to know where to start you don't want to start with trying to fix another person right if you're in a loveless, if you're in a loveless relationship the job is not to fix the other person no the job is to fix you mm -hmm. why are you with another person mm -hmm. if it's a loveless relationship right. you have to know that or you're worthy of being loved mm. That's right. Right. And that's interesting. I mean, love seems to be the recurring theme lately. And it should always be, I believe. My, my son, he's seven. <laughs> he, um, he's doing a show. His, his class has a presentation on Friday at school. And they have to choose their job. So he decided he'd choose a song. And, you know, he was going to sing You Are My Sunshine. And at the last minute, two minutes before we had to go to school. <laughs> he says, mommy, I don't want to sing that song. He wants to sing what the world needs now. What the world needs is what the world needs is love that song. And I was so excited. And I was like, you know, that is such a wonderful selection for the times because it is so true. It is so true. I mean, we, we don't need all this other material stuff. We all love love is the answer we have to but we have to start by going within to find that we are really of love from the divine source that there is love and we are worthy of love and then once we feel it we can spread it and that would heal so much and prevent wars these death murders everything and you know the beauty of what you're saying is this is that when we carry that state of being that is love, mm. then we're in a state of non-judgment. We are automatically in a state of acceptance. We don't have to have an opinion. 
because opinions don't matter. And I'm not saying don't live life and don't make decisions and right. don't do the day-to-day mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in the 3D world and we have to do what we have to do. But in the greater scheme of things, <clears throat> when we are with people, what they think or say, they're entitled to that. And I don't have to have an opinion of that. And one of the ways I got away from judging people because it was a real surprise one day years ago when someone said I was judgmental. I didn't even know what they meant. <laughs> and so I started looking at that. And I realized that we're all trained to be very judgmental. Oh, yes. Is this right? Is it wrong? Is it too big? Is it too small? Should they do that? Should they not do that? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And we're constantly forced into an opinion, which is judgment. Mm-hmm. And so to extricate myself from being judgmental, and it was not easy, but <laughs> number one, recognize the problem. Then number two, figure out the solution. And then number three, do it. And so I just started taking a word that I felt was neutral and inserting it. And so my neutral word was interesting. So let's just say someone wore an outfit that was just normally, I would say, totally ridiculous. I inserted the word interesting. Interesting. Well, isn't that an interesting outfit she has Mm -hmm. on? Well, isn't that an interesting thing he said? Mm. Well, isn't it interesting that she did that? And so it just started to disconnect me from judgment. And let me tell you something. It was very freeing. I no longer had to figure out how I felt about stuff that really don't matter, doesn't matter anyway. Right. (laughs) And if we all did that, I'm great. (laughs) Now, I mean, it's worth the journey. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Now, what what are the so-called, let's see, warning signs maybe a person can notice within themselves when they feel that um, energy, energy surrounding them, whatever energy they come into contact with is, is negatively impacting them. How, how would they know that, oh my goodness, I need help? How would they know? You know, look at your, your life, look at your body. Mm. So as far as your body? Do you have pain? You know, are you healthy? Are you making, do you overeat? Do you drink things that are unhealthy? And then look at your attitude. Are you happy? Are you negative? Are you joyful? Are you upbeat? Do people like to be around you? Mm. You know, how do you feel? Do you feel like life is worth living? Are you inspired, motivated? Do you have passions? I had one lady who had mood swings and Mm. this is um, over the internet and so I, the energy started working with her, her own energy. And what I saw when it started was a pendulum. The pendulum went all the way to the right and all the way to the left, back and forth. And as the energies worked with her, that pendulum settled in the middle. Mm-hmm. And so it evened out, balanced her energies. And so just pay attention to how you feel and pay attention to is your life working for you? Are you happy? Mm-hmm. And, that, and then get the help if you need, when you need it. So um, Reach out for help when you need it, yes. Right. Now, do you have any, um, anything else you would like to share with our listeners today? I know we talked about something before we went on air. Yes. Well, let me tell you, I do have an audio recording that I'm offering for free to your listeners, mm. and they can access it by going to avalonbailey.com forward slash free, F-R-E-E. And what they will have is a seven-minute reset to relaxation. 
And so this seven minute reset to relaxation can just quickly and easily shift your energy so that whatever is um, causing you to be out of balance can quickly help you be back into balance. And then once you do that, you can move forward from a state of calm, from a state of objectivity, and um, be able to have a more positive impact, not only for yourself, but for those around you. So that would be avalonbailey.com forward slash free. I also will offer to your listeners, if they contact me through my website or through my email, which is avalon at avalonbailey.com, I will give them a special rate on sessions. And my sessions are 30 minutes or 60 minutes, and they're done by phone or internet. And the beauty of that is you don't have to go anywhere, you don't have to travel, and I'm able to record the session and send it to you so that you can continue benefiting from it from the replays. Excellent. Would you just spell your website for us for those who don't know how to spell your name? Yes, it's A V like Victor, I L O N E B A I L E Y, avalonbailey.com. Excellent. Well, Avalon, we are out of time, but it's wonderful speaking with you again on the show. And I, you know, encourage you to continue doing the great work that you're doing. Thank you. It's been a pleasure and a joy. And I offer to you, continue what you're doing. Thank you so very much, Avalon. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us on Awakened Path Radio. Please check us out at www.awakenedpathonline.com. I'm your host, Dr. Candice Nadine Green, and you are listening to Awakened Path Radio, giving you tools to guide you on your spiritual or metaphysical journey. Namaste and blessed day.